Welcome to Flock Talk, a podcast of GCF North. Flock Talk exists to inform, encourage, and inspire. This is your host, Dave Farley, lead pastor of GCF North. This is season two, episode six. And I'm joined today by three esteemed friends and colleagues, Judy Farley, Katie Spaghettis, and Chris Toop. Now, in, in our sermon series, Restoring Sexual Sanity, um, this Sunday is the ninth sermon in that series. I have gotten the most pushback on the subject of biblical femininity. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to talk to you three ladies who are older, uh, very wise, mature in your thinking and your life experience. Um, and, and, and you've, you've all, uh, you've all worked outside the home. Uh, you're all raising children. You've raised past tense children. Although you, you never stop being a parent. You're still raising me, mom, right? <laughs> I think that ship sailed, Dave. <laughs> so anyways, I want to, I want to talk about the subject of femininity. Um, but before I do that, Chris Toop, tell us, tell us who Chris Toop is. Where are you from? How many kids do you have? How long have you been married? I was born in California and uh, moved up here in the late 70s and married my husband a little over 30 years ago. And I have three um, mostly grown children. The last one's still living at home, just ready to get his driver's license here soon. And we have one grandbaby with one on the way. So, and right yeah. now you work for the one true church in yes. North Spokane. <laughs> North, yes, GCF North. On Highway 2. <laughs> yep, I've been here three years, okay. November 4th. It's my three-year anniversary. Flew by. Katie Spaghettis, you have the very distinct privilege of being my aunt. <laughs> yes. Is, is, is that what you're known for? <laughs> yes, I'm sure it is. <laughs> okay, married how many years? Okay, we've been married 46 years. We have six children, age 43 to 30. So they're all grown adults. Um, two and, are married. And right now you work for Spaghettis and Son and Daughter yeah. Law Firm. Yep. What's, and what, what's, what's the official name of the law firm? James P. Spaghettis okay. Law. Okay. Yeah. And you've worked there off and on over the years. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, You're pretty much the glue that holds it together. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I am just... A helper. Helper. I, I make I do all the piddly little things that take the edge off of everybody else who do the big heavy lifting. Um and mom, you've been married for how many years? Fifty two. Fifty two. Five many, children. Five children. Who's your favorite? Uh uh <clears throat> probably your younger brother. <laughs> oh you are you are moving to Moscow. <laughs> moving away from me. No, from I love you all equally. Lame. Lame answer. <laughs> Um, and you, you had a career in interior design I did. before you had children. I did. Because your degree is, is in interior design, interior design from the Harvard of the Palouse, WSU. Yes. I worked for an architecture firm in Spokane. Enjoyed it. And, and then after, after your kids were raised, you did lots of volunteer work at uh, Life Services. Yes. And, yes. and I did also uh, work in my husband, your dad's insurance office at one time. Oh, that's right. Did some bookkeeping and okay. balanced the, the account and so forth. But, um, yeah, I was very blessed to be able to be home just really all the years I was raising the children. So, uh, first question, 
Uh, what does it mean to be feminine? Judy. Oh. <laughs> because you're so feminine, I'm going to ask you That's what it means to be feminine. Question. It is. Let's start with Katie. <laughs> What, what, what comes to mind first? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is to have a meek, gentle, and quiet spirit, yeah. which is biblical. I, I remember, real quick story on this, when I first bought, brought my girlfriend to meet you, Heidi Clubberud, you, this, this, is, this is like 27 years ago, <laughs> I, I, I mean, before I brought her home, you asked me, does she have a gentle and quiet spirit, and does she want to be a wife and a mother? Which were great questions. And the answer was yes to both. But I'm glad you raised those questions with me. So she anyways. Al- she always shoots from the hip. She does. So I, I think to me, um, you can have a bold personality. It does not mean that you have a quiet, gentle personality. But it means that there's a spirit that you can have no matter what your personality is that is kind and... and um, thoughtful of others and um, that you would be a good listener to others, which I am not, and I'm trying to get better at. But um, when you have children, um, and I have four daughters, and so what my um, demeanor is, they pick up and they also emulate whether it's a good one or it's a bad one. I see things in my children that I think, oh my gosh, where'd that come from? And I can pinpoint where it came from. And I'm sorry for it, but our children need the Lord too. And they are not going to be perfect when they're grown up. And so there's just some things that come through that you may not like. But I do, you know, I want to glorify the Lord in my attitudes and in my responses. And particularly in... um my relationship with my husband. Kids are watching. So on that particular subject, it, it got back to me that in a lot of the home group discussions, community group discussions, I should say, after that sermon, a lot of the ladies were asking the question, what does it mean to have a gentle and quiet spirit? Which is a great question. And it's, it's not a matter of personality because you can be really outgoing. Mm-hmm. You can be yes. um, bombastic and funny um, and confident like you are because you're a Farley, Katie, uh, and you have strong opinions because you're a Farley, but, but you can, you can have all that and, and still have a gentle and quiet demeanor, a, a humble and submissive and gentle demeanor or, or attitude. Uh, would you, would you agree with that ladies? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's, that's a good point. And I think Katie has modeled that, uh, I think she's really uh, does a good job of having the gentle and quiet spirit with her husband. Um, I've watched them now for many years, and I appreciate her um, attitude, her posture before her husband. She definitely gives her opinion, but um, she she has that gentle, quiet spirit. In in ultimately, yeah. Okay, so again, the question is, what does it mean to be feminine? And I'm hearing you ladies say, a gentle and quiet spirit. Chris, what, what would you add to that? What else does it mean to be feminine, biblically speaking? Well, when I think of the word um, feminine, 
I think it, it starts off with defining, you know, who qualifies as being feminine. And in this day and age, you have to, you have to kind of draw that out to its, you know, obvious fact. Yeah. Um, that would be a someone who's a biological as, female, you know, biological female <laughs> as God has made them to be, right. um, with two X chromosomes. <clears throat> and when I think of, um, godly feminine women, I, I think of two in the old Testament in particular, Sarah, who was by no means a quiet, uh, dormouse wife. I mean, she, you know, had basically told her husband, go pick up another, uh, uh Married to, not married to, but take another wife. Concubine, and, yeah. yeah. concubine yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. have our offspring by, by her. So, and um, her personality, as you read through the Old Testament, it, it comes through. She wasn't timid. She wasn't um, behind the scenes, you know, always. But I think in First Peter 3, it refers to her as um, an example of a very feminine mm-hmm. woman, you know, mm-hmm. being, calling Abraham Lord. Not that she was worshiping him, but that she was submissive to him. Yeah. And another character that comes to mind is Abigail, mm-hmm. who was married to Nabal, who was a fool, and she literally saved his life, you know, by interceding yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, for him. And um, she was quite strong and bold, you know, to to take the reins and do what needed to be done to save her mm-hmm. husband, who lost his life uh, later anyway in the story. Um, but those are two really good examples of very godly women that weren't um, quiet, you know, quiet as a dormouse type yeah, of women. That's good. Um, I think of, um, well, I mean, the Bible is, is ultimately what defines what a woman is. And if you look to our culture, that's ever-changing, ever-evolving. Um, when I was younger, uh, newly married and had kids, um, you know, to be a stay-at-home mom was something that was frowned upon, and you know, you're wasting your life. And and I bought into that, you know, for a while, um, until another godly woman um, said, "You have the hardest job in the world is raising young human beings," and that really put it into good perspective. And you know, you have to kind of transcend what the culture says and look at what God says, what His desire is for us to be. So along those lines, uh, there, there is so much cultural pressure for young women, uh, to go off to college, get advanced degrees. There's nothing wrong with that, but, but then to, to have a career, uh, and make lots of money, be the, even be the primary breadwinner. Um, so what would you say to those young women at GCF who are feeling all this pressure from the culture, from all their friends, maybe from their parents, um, to have a career. Um, is that is it wrong to have a career? Um, is that desire wrong? What, what, what advice would you give that young lady who is really wrestling through this issue right now? Well, I think it's good for women to be well-educated. I think, however, if, in the context of marriage, I think they, they need to be ready to <clears throat> excuse me, put, put aside a career when, when children come into the family. I, I think of, you're right, there is incredible cultural pressure in all these blogs, especially with women with children, all the mommy blogs. And I just 
think about the Isaiah 40, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. And all of this cultural pressure and all of these blogs that are telling you to go have a career, be the, the breadwinner and all the rest of it, those are going to fade. But God's word, which as Chris said, defines womanhood, will stand forever. So I think for, um, for young women, yes, go for, get educated. What, whatever, however you further yourself, you can bring that into the family if you do get married. If you don't get married, you have a career. I think of my niece who has a great career. She's single and she is well-educated. But um, I, I think you need to go back to the original intention in Genesis for, in the marriage context again that God created Eve to be a helpmate. And you need to ask, what does that look like? That is the blueprint. So once you're in a marriage relationship, your job is to be your husband's helpmate. That may be having a job, if that's what he asks of you. That, um, but that, it, that is the original intention for a woman in the role of a wife. But for women in general, yes, further yourself educationally, pursue your interests. But when you get married, you need to, to uh, have whatever you're doing be the way that you help your husband. Katie, Chris, anything to add to that? Well, um, I, I have a BS in nursing, and I used it when we were early married. And um, when our second child was born, I quit to be at home. It was really hard for me to leave my kids with somebody else. And <clears throat> I was very thankful and privileged to get to be home and raise our children and take care of our home. I liked it. it I was good with that. And my husband would say, if we need more money, I will get a second job. He was he felt so strongly that I should be home with a family. So it was a, it was a privileged situation, I realized. Um, but setting aside my career um, wasn't hard for me to do. And believe me, when the kids are gone and grown, you've got plenty of time for a career. And I work part-time now uh, for my husband, and it's, it's great. I love it, and it fills time for me. And gives me purpose. And my kids have all come back at different times and said, when I have kids, I am going to have my wife be home. And my girls want to be home to raise their children. And um, I realize it's, a, it's not financially easy for a lot of people. And, and maybe that doesn't work out for everybody. But I, I do think that so much of marriage and raising children takes a lot of humility. And maybe it would take a lot of humility to give up your career for a season. But I do know many women that did that. And then they went back to their career when the kids were raised. And it fulfilled them for that season in their life. And I don't think you should ever see something as a done deal. There's always a future that you can go back to it. But the but when the kids are home, they need you. And they need you more as I get older. 
they need you to be available to talk to them when they come home from school and to have dinner ready in the evening. There's, there's just a lot of things that are really important for family life that depends on who's at home taking care of things, which is should be mom and should be the woman of the household. And with, with six kids, you've got orthodontia appointments, dentist appointments, athletic practice, um, helping with homework, doctor's visits. There's so much going on. Like I, I, with, we have five kids and I just can't imagine what we would do if Heidi was working because there's so much happening all the time. Violin, violin lessons, piano lessons, basketball practice, homeschooling. There's just countless, countless activities. Well, and one of our girls would come home from high school. I remember this so distinctly. And I would be working on dinner and she'd come in the kitchen when she got home, sit down, and she spent a half an hour talking to me, which sometimes I would think, I can't listen anymore. But she <laughs> needed that. And if I wasn't there, she wouldn't have had me to talk to. And I consider that a wonderful memory. And we have a really great relationship. And she just needed someone to unload her day and what happened on, and I want that to be me. I wanted it to be me. Chris, anything to, to add to this? Um, I got married a little later um, in, in life. I got married in my late 20s, and I had a career. Um, I, I don't have a college degree, I'll say that, but I, I was educated in other ways, and I, I did well in sales. And when Forrest and I got married, um, we bought our, he had just bought our first home, had, it was very Spartan, whatever, barely furnished. (laughs) We had a sofa and a TV and that was it. And then a bed, not even a dresser. It was very sparse. And um, within a few months found out we were expecting our first. And we, I, I, I don't think we both thought about what I would do when, um, when we had kids. But it was literally maybe a 20-minute conversation when we found out we were expecting. And um, my husband said, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody. I don't want to contract out our kids to have somebody else raise them and uh, pour into them their values, you know, and, their, um, and, and get to see all the firsts. And it was kind of settled. So I, I left my job after um, having our first son. And it was primitive living for a while. It was very hard because everybody, all my friends were, you know, dual income and they had kids and they managed it. And, you know, why can't we be that way? But I I wouldn't trade that for the world. I mean, we had clothes and boxes for quite a while before we could afford dressers. And those were some of the best years, you know, it was, um, it was a humbling, um, but it was, but it was good, and I mean, the fruit of that of being able to stay home with my with my children is something I would I would never, uh, yeah, I would wouldn't do it any differently. So I, I hear what you guys are saying, and, and but I can hear a young lady at GCF saying, "That's great, that worked for you guys. I'm so glad that you guys felt maternal and wanted to stay home. But I want a career. I want to put my kids in childcare. That's what my parents did for me." What what advice would you give that young lady? Is this, is this a biblical issue or is this a preference? I think it's a biblical issue. Once you have kids, they're to be your primary um, your primary ministry. If you can use that term. 
Um, and I would say that your, your choices come with consequences. You may not see them imminently or right away, but you will see them at, at some point down the line, um, whether that's estrangement from the relationship you have with your kids. Um, yeah, I, I think that you, you can have your cake and eat it, but you're going you're gonna to suffer you're going to suffer consequences along the way there. Yeah, and I think, too, it's important to realize that window of opportunity when you have your children is very brief. Looking back as, a, as an older woman on the time I, we, I raised my children, it was such a short time. It goes by very quickly. And I think, I think women... Uh, should see that as a privilege. I, I gave up a, a career that I really liked, and uh, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Now when I look back on those years of being home with my children, it was, I, I loved every part of it. And, uh, well, almost every part. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think sometimes today we, we look at it through a financial uh, eye, view and um we were dirt poor for a long time my husband was building a business and we too went for five years in a house with no furniture and you know what our kids have great <laughs> memories of that season of our lives um but ultimately when you come up to your last day what what is it that's going to be really important to you yeah and um is it the things you accumulate is it the um you know not you're, you're going to be okay that you weren't with your children and raising them or are you going to regret that I mean money is is important we need money we need to take care of our families but you'd be surprised at what uh, a privilege you would find later on in life that you did get to have, be at home with your mm -hmm. family and your children take care of your home and that it's not based on money. No. And, and um, money is just, and I, I know careers can be really fulfilling for women, but um, I don't know if it's, and I, I'm speaking from someone who didn't go back to a career, but I don't know if that would be the little notch I want in my life to to say I'm a good person yeah. or that I'm okay or that I was a good and faithful servant to the Lord. Yeah. And I, you know, I, we are raising eternal beings here. They are either going to spend millions of years in heaven or in hell. Mm -hmm. And on my last day, I think God is going to ask me, how did you help your husband raise your children? He's not going to say, how did that school you did the interior design on turn out? Mm -hmm. No, it's so insignificant. Yeah. I think of um, deathbed conversations, and I came across this in reading or somewhere, but uh, what people mostly reflect on looking back over the scope of their life, what were, what were their biggest regrets, what were their biggest joys? And I think about this too. What do I want my greatest joy to be? Is it, is it, going to be that um, I was able to, you know, attain and, and, and amass so much wealth 
and I mean, I, to travel the world, all of these bucket list things, or is it going to be the precious relationship that I have with my children mm-hmm. and with my family and with those that God has brought into my path? Those are the things that are enduring. And those are the things that people have the most remorse and regret over. Yeah. It's missed opportunities. Yes. And I, I, I just want to add to get off of the children, the womanhood in the context of being a mother. I think uh, a single woman can have a wonderful, full life in a, within a church community. And uh, I, yeah, and that's, that's what, that's more in the singleness, but um, yeah. yeah, ultimately I, I, I would really encourage young women, whether single or married, to be in the word and really mine the jewels in scripture about womanhood and motherhood because it has a, the bible has a lot to say with, with that said any any closing comments or thoughts for the young women of GCF uh, anything you'd like to leave them with on the subject of femininity and we'll close with this i i just wanted to say one thing if you're really struggling in this area I would go to prayer and I would start asking the Lord to reveal to him, am I heading in the right direction? Am I doing the right things that the Lord wants you doing? And um, if not, be willing to humble yourself and switch courses and, um, and, and go to your husband and ask him what he has to say about the situation. Is he happy that you're working? And um, you need to approach this from from going before the Lord and saying, "Lord, what is it you want me doing?" I I would just say again, do not look to the culture surrounding us yeah. because it is really upside down. We are living in a major cultural decline. Go to the Word of God. Go to the church community to see what God is calling you to as a woman. Yeah, just in uh, building on what Katie and Judy said, that the community part is very important. You need to be involved with other other women. Mm-hmm. Um, as iron sharpens iron, you need to have that accountability. You need to have the support. You need to be a support, and that's how it all works out. And, you know, in a small group, one way, shape, or form is... Um, a wonderful means of grace for young moms. Well, ladies, thanks so much for your wisdom and your time. And thanks for listening to Flock Talk, a ministry of GCF North. GCF North exists to glorify God through gospel-centered worship, discipleship, and evangelism. To learn more, go to our website, gcfnorthspokane.org.